Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the A for mentioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. It's College Basketball Weekly here on this Thursday night edition, and that means Stats by Will's own, statsbywill.substack.com. Subscribe today if you have not already done so. My good friend, best college basketball writer on the internet, Will Warren, is here. Will, good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, very nice of you to describe me in that way, but I'm doing quite well. Uh, like I told you off there, it's been a good week for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my father is a Michigan alum, for the record, mm-hmm. so that's why it's been a good week. Uh, yeah, Monday was very nice, but now good start to the new year. You know, games haven't totally ramped back up yet, but it feels like you mm-hmm. know, like SEC play begins Saturday. Big Twelve is starting really soon, so it feels like we're we're coming out of. Not conference plays fun. It gives you some interesting data points, but I mean, we learned like just literally last year that a five seed in the Big East tournament can end up winning the whole national championship. Like, yeah, conference play is what's fun to me. It's nice yeah. to get there, and it's just like every single night you got something interesting to watch, pretty much. And it's a nice like timing for college basketball because college football obviously ends on monday and then you're mm-hmm. you just move right into conference play basketball so it just the schedule works here it's the one thing where college sports where the schedule works because it doesn't work in a multitude of other areas but it does work <laughs> it doesn't here. work in like any other sport really <laughs> yeah yeah basically um but will warren uh we'll talk about uh how tennessee and Ole miss does next week on the show and all that kind of stuff but uh that is a conversation for another day no tennessee probably maybe Actually, I don't know, depending on this first question here. But before we get into that, don't forget, folks, each and every week, College Basketball Weekly, Will Warren and myself talk all things college basketball on every Thursday night on the Friday show. So look out for that. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, first, thank you for checking us out. Uh, doing really well on the YouTube channel, as you all see, with one point what 6,000 subs and uh, all the episodes doing really well. So I appreciate you guys uh, watching along. However you are doing so, um, you just make sure you hit that subscribe button, like button, and comment below. Uh, with, if you like this video and like all of our other content we're posting each and every day on the YouTube channel, don't forget. You can also listen to this show on Apple or Spotify. And if you are listening via Apple or Spotify or whatever your podcast uh, preferred platform, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. And while you like listening to the college basketball show on this very feed each and every week with the best college basketball writer going today, statswillsubstack.com. Remember, you're not going to believe this. Statswillsubstack.com. Subscribe today if you have not already done so to keep up with some fantastic college basketball writing in conference play with uh, conference play being right right here. We're, we're in it. So, Will, you had an interesting idea here uh, to kick things off on this show. The final four questions. So lay this out and how you want to go about uh, this this kind of fun exercise here. So first off, credit's going to be given where credit's to, but of course I don't have the credit at my hand. My mm. buddy Sawyer on Twitter retweeted a question, which was, you got to pick four teams. This is NFL related, by the way. Mm. You got to pick four teams. You can double your life savings. If one of them wins the Super Bowl, you lose everything if none of them do. Mm. 
And so his, I think his pick, it doesn't matter what his picks were. But I wanted to twist this for college basketball because I think it's possibly more interesting. I, I like hmm. the NFL fine, obviously. But yeah. um, there's more teams, first off. And I feel like there's less certainty of who the best teams are in college mm. basketball than almost, I wouldn't say every other sport, but almost any other sport in existence. Like, I, yeah. I feel like people can generally agree upon the best teams in most, but like the two best teams this year so far are a team that everybody's like, well, let's wait until big 12 play starts with Houston and a team that just lost to a 16 seed. Mm. So the question is to end the preamble, you are given the opportunity to double your life savings, admittedly not much for me, by picking mm-hmm. five college basketball teams. If at least one of them makes the final four, you double said savings. If mm-hmm. none of them do, you are penniless. What yeah. five teams are you taking as of today? Do you want me to go first or you go first? I'll go first because I've got mine in front of me. Okay. Um, I feel like we're going to have similar lists, but that's mm-hmm. part of the fun of it. I would go Houston. I think, you know, best defense by a mile. They're, uh, I really recommend if you have a Ken Palm subscription just to go look at their uh, defense page. Mm. And it's similar to how you would like do conditional formatting in Excel. It's mm. the greenest defense page I've ever seen in the history of me using that site for 15 years. Yeah. It is unbelievable how good they are defensively. Um, Purdue, against my best wishes, I do just admittedly think they're. You know, like it's kind of like the same logic we've had with Tennessee in the past of like, if you just have a good team enough times, eventually you're going to break through. Mm. I'm at that point with Purdue where, I mean, there's not really a rating out there I can find that has them worse than third. And they're about to play in a big 10 where they're going to rack up a ton of wins and at least like get some decent tests. So... I just, I gotta like, eventually one of these times it's gotta work, right? Where you have the best player and arguably the best team. Mm-hmm. Arizona. I'm not, fa- we'll get to Arizona later. I'm not phased with them losing to Stanford. If an opponent's gonna shoot 64% from three every game, then it is what it is. I don't think that's ever gonna happen again. They're clearly, they've got a very high ceiling. From there on out, I've struggled. And I've come to the conclusion of a pair of picks that are going to be a little upsetting to both of us. Um, one of which is Tennessee. I I don't like doing this for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've looked at it, I see, one, a team that's played an incredibly hard schedule and honestly fared quite well against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, a much more well-rounded Tennessee team than I think we're used to, where the offense yeah. is not abysmal. It's at least like pretty solid. It's top 30, not bad. Defense is what it always is. And I don't think you're going to see the same like seven minute scoring droughts you've seen in previous years. They're just four minutes this year. Not as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, partially a joke, partially not. The fifth team I have struggled with ever since I thought of this question, which is a dumb way to do this. But I think after all the thoughts I've had, I'm going to go with Duke. And I don't they're on it. my list. They're on your list. I don't love it, but it's just the 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 ceiling is what I keep thinking about. Mm. If they hit the ceiling at the right time, they really could win the national title because they have a yeah. top three player in the sport in Filipowski. You got a lot of useful pieces elsewhere. Got a good bench. You got a good coach. Old team. A lot of things that generally fare well come March. 
And honestly, none of the losses are bad. Like nobody, I know Georgia Tech on the road doesn't look good, but I don't feel like anybody's really offended by that. That's a quad two yeah. loss. Not a big deal. So those are my five, Houston, Purdue, Arizona, Tennessee, and Duke. I, no mid-major. No mid-major. I don't think there's any good enough this year. It's usually Gonzaga is my auto pick here. Yeah. But I don't know that I'd pick any. And then we'll get to Gonzaga in a second, too. Yeah. I I scuffled with UConn for a bit, but I don't know. It's hard to go against the modern history post Florida doing it back to back of Mm. no defending champion making the final four. I'm just kind of, it's kind of one of those things where you ride with that until it's no longer true. Interesting. Um, So we disagree a little bit. Um, I don't know if you'll 100% uh, agree with me here. My five. I have Duke in this group. I have Kansas in this group. Because remember, a lot of this game is just, look, can I see them? It's almost like we we went so far the other way. And obviously, there's some off the court and they losing some important players before. Like, there's been some weird stuff with Kansas. And it's easy to forget before the year. Kansas was another favorite to win the national title. Like you talked about on this program. Mm -hmm. Will Warren is just like, like, they had national title upside uh, once again this year. And they've just been kind of under the radar. And they're not as good. The offense, you're not going to play this, still kind of clunky. Uh, and Lawrence, it's still like, are you sure you can win uh, multiple weekends with this kind of offense? But we've seen Bill Self do this time and time again. So I, I'm i not straying away from Kansas in this one. I think, again, they're going to be a big winner from Big 12 play starting, is my guess. Because I think they're going to pop back up on the radar and have some big wins. And just kind of turn some heads where it's like, oh, here comes Kansas. They're going to round into form and they're going to look like a one seed over the next two months is my guess is how things are going to go for Kansas. But we'll see. That's why you play the games, Will Warren. So that's two. And then you look at um, some of the wild cards here. I have UConn still. They're not the same team. I love Newton. I think you have a case that he's one of the best players in the sport. I'm also just kind of like, Part of what I really look for is just guards who can create who I trust come tournament time. Like Newton is just someone that I trust come tournament time. Like I just think I, it's almost impossible to go back to back. We've talked about in the show. It's just what Florida did is just very, very unlikely for anyone else to do. Kansas was really good last year and they didn't do it um, after returning everybody and all that. But I look at UConn. I still think there's, they're going to be right around top 10 in offense and they're probably going to be, they're going to be borderline top 20 defense. And I think they'll be good come big East play. I just think you bet on the defending champs to at least make the final four uh, in this group. I, I think they've shown enough to earn the benefit of the doubt. So that's three. You're going to hate this one. Cause you have to have an sec team here. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm always going to die for die, die on this hill. It's Is Alabama. It yeah. It's NATO. It's, it's number one, the best offense in basketball again. I understand they have a bad defense, but I look at it. If I had to put this game, I'm hedging on the number one offense in the sport again. I'm hedging on if they get hot for two weekends in a row because of their scheme, because of their style. I just have to put Alabama in there. I just think the vo- the, the variance for Alabama, even with their defensive issues, they have two hot weekends. They're right there in the final four. And that's very, very doable with the talent they still have on this roster, even if it's uh, not the top three lottery pick type talent um, this year with Alabama. So they're on this list at number four. And then the final one, 
Matt Green. Uh, the final one, Will Warren. Final one. It's not Houston. It's definitely not Purdue. You could not force me. I wouldn't do it. Would not. <laughs> Houston has like, made a Final Four in the last three years, by the way. It's just I don't want to. I, I can't do it. I, I just refuse. There's something about it. They're 31st in offense again. They're souped up Rick Barnes and. Uh, You're talking about Tennessee. their top 20. They're 18th. They're 30th. You've got I'm, some fake news here, brother. No, Bark Torbic. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at Kenneth Palm. Oh, see, I'm looking at. Oh, this is a Bart Torvik versus Ken Palm debate I love here. Both, both perfect sites, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Well, Bart Torvik has him at 31st right now, Will Warren. 31st. That's not my problem. That's his. <laughs> and I think the final one for me, because I got, I went back and forth on this. I think I would pick Michigan State as like my wild card of just a deep run, eight and five. I think they're really good on both sides of the ball. I think there's someone who's going to be a big winner come Big Ten play. We've seen Izzo do this a bunch of times. And I just want one vet coach with just the teams that I've seen it where I'm like, I would not be surprised if they just bully their way into a Final Four with this group. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me like if Michigan State had a deep run this year. So Michigan State's my final group here, my final team to round out my five. I'll give you a couple more I pondered. Auburn was on there. I think Auburn's really good, mm -hmm. very well-rounded on both ends, which is crucial yeah. for me. So, I mean, even if they had a bad offensive night, they can, you know, make up for it with a good defensive night and vice versa. And then I can't, against my best wishes, quit Creighton. I would like to. I want to get off the train. But yeah. it's a really talented team, very old, very good in the front court, which always seems to matter come March. Seems like a cheat code is just having a good center. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you have that you and good guards, then you're going to be okay. But I, I think I, I can see where you're coming with Kansas. Definitely see the Alabama side. But mm. uh, one thing I'm not noticing is, that, or one thing I'm noticing is that neither of us have picked BYU. Uh, no. Not a surprise. I don't think we're believers there. I will say, obviously, this matters for far greater and more important reasons than a basketball game. I would have considered Illinois prior to this past week's events with Terrence Shannon. Yeah. I, I don't think that I am interested in them anymore for that purpose, just because it's there's too much uncertainty. Well, I mean, the, I didn't think there's that much uncertainty in terms of the on the court stuff. Like we watched Tennessee and Illinois play like he was their best player and it's not even close. Like he's first team All-American and yeah. he's just gone. I, I will also say and, that like beating Northwestern doesn't really move me. No, so like, I, I want to see how they do with Purdue. I mean, do you think they're a top 25 team without him? I don't think they're even borderline, that borderline. Yeah. Could so they miss I the tournament? No, they're, they'll make okay. the tournament, but it's going to go from like, they really could have been a two or three seed yeah. to it's going to kind of be, it's obviously not the same situation whatsoever, but like the Indiana Eric Gordon team where Kelvin mm -hmm. got fired mid season, kind of that sort of thing yeah. where you go from like, Oh, they're a two or three seed to, Oh, they're an eight seed and they're getting blown out in round one. It's got like, I mean, it just sucks for an Illinois fan because you're like, this is the year you're breaking through and it looks like you're the best team in the Big Ten and now it's all over and it's the middle of the year. Like there's nothing you yeah. can do. Like it's just over. Like you yeah. can't win the title with this group. Yeah, I, I don't think. I don't think they got much going there, man. No. Um, Speaking of not much going, Will Warren, um. I'm curious, the Field of 68 guys were talking about this, and this wasn't really on my radar until listening to one of their pods recently, of whether or not Gonzaga could miss the NCAA tournament. St. Mary's, not good, uh, out of the gate here. Um, that's been rough. Gonzaga, four losses uh, before we get into conference play for them. 
Is that a realistic thing that should be on our radar, Will Warren? Have you jotted this down of like, I need to keep tabs on Gonzaga come conference play and just where they're sitting? Or do you think it's kind of an overreaction? They'll still make it, but they're not going to be, there's no path really anymore to seeing them being like a two, three, four seed uh, in the tournament this year. Totally plausible. I wouldn't be shocked if they missed it. Uh, It would be shocking in the moment because it's Gonzaga missing the tournament, which never happens. But the way that they would have to miss it is obviously somebody else wins the West Coast Conference tournament. Mm. I I mean, like, I, I, I don't under, I have to admit, I'm a little surprised at Torvik's remaining love for St. Mary's. He's got him in his top 25, by the way, which I don't agree with. Mm. Um, but let's envision a scenario. Just play with me here. Those mm. two tie for the tie, you know, 13, 3, 14, and 2, whatever in the WCC. It doesn't really matter. But they split the season series or something. Mm. Um, and then it's just kind of like hammer down to that resume and the loser of that game. What is it that you've really done? Because if you look at Gonzaga's, I I think some of this is very much like cap, all caps, not Gonzaga's fault. Like you couldn't have anticipated UCLA was going to suck this bad. You couldn't have anticipated USC was going to suck this bad preseason. Those were two chances for marquee wins. And now they're like barely quadrant two victories. So that's gone against them. They've been unlucky there. Losing to Washington has not been bad. Washington's currently top 50 in Ken Palm. And the other losses are defensible, where it's like, lose to Purdue, you lose to UConn, no one really cares. But I thought it was alarming for them to give up 84 points to San Diego State, even though they're better on that end this year. And B, to just like not really look very competitive in the final 10 minutes of that game. Like whenever San Diego State wanted to press the hammer down, they did. And so I've got some worries about I think they were victimized a little bit before the season began, thanks to Steel Venters going out with a season ender, uh, like a week out. And so now, like, the backcourt is mega thin. It's Nemhard, mm. Hickman, and them praying that there's no injuries. I mean, they yeah. they are scary, scary thin. One injury really could end the season for them at a critical piece. So the but the thing is, like it or not, you got to put it here, they do still play in kind of a crappy conference. Mm-hmm. And so they're the best team in that crappy conference. They're probably for sure. We're sure fine. they're the best team in the crappy conference. Yeah. And so okay. they're probably still going to win it. Probably still going to get in. But like you said, this is not going to be a top four seed. This is probably, you're probably looking at sort of vintage Gonzaga, like the Gonzaga. I remember growing up where they're like a 10 seed or an 11 seed. Mm-hmm. And you're still like, oh man, I really don't want to drop that. That's Gonzaga. But at the same time, you're like, well, if I had a Dragon Saga team, this is not a bad one to get. I So do you think it, let's say they lose in the second round, they're upset in the second round of the tournament, their conference tournament. Do you think mm-hmm. Gonzaga makes the tournament? They would be, it, so it's going to depend on what they do in the regular season. So let's say again, mm-hmm. 14 and two in the WCC, yeah. which is about standard for them. Probably, but it's looking like, you know, 10 seed first four type of thing yeah which would obviously when was the last time gonzaga was that bad when was the last time we saw gonzaga as a 10 seed or lower under they have not been a double digit seed well they were in 2016 i think they they deserved better they just Mm. it was a really bad wcc that year but the last time they were like this close to Mm -hmm. really blowing it was 2011 they Hmm. scuffled a lot had 10 losses I mean, they were all the way down to the 60s in Ken Palm at one point. Five and mm. three in conference play, rallied the troops, won out, won the West Coast Conference Tournament. 
And nobody remembers that that's a bad season because they beat a bad St. John's team as a sixth seed in the first round. So mm. that, that's how you save it. It's like, yeah, an 11 seed would suck, but if you win a game, people are going to be like, okay, kept the streak alive. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, do think, I, I think barring them really turning the corner though, the sweet 16 streak probably dies this year. Whew. It's a different era, Will Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, trending up or down, I ask you. Arizona, are they trending up as a title team? Do you feel like we talked about it at the top of whether or not they're a Final Four team versus what they saw we saw a year ago? Caleb Love, we had questions how he was going to fit at Arizona. We know Tommy Lloyd is a great coach. We've seen a lot of them up close. Like That Tennessee-Arizona game last year was a lot of fun, um, even though it was just pretty physical and uh, not my most favorite uh, officiated and just played game overall. But it was intense and it was a fun atmosphere. Um, Will, I ask you, does Arizona strike you as a team trending up towards potentially winning a national championship this year? They can absolutely win it all. I mean, they've got good units on both sides of the court. Uh, again, I'm going to note the, uh, the record, let the record show the loss to Stanford doesn't phase me. They're yeah. not going to give up 64% from three ever again. I mean, maybe in five years, cause that's a rare occurrence, but mm-hmm. I think of them as at worst a top five team. I think they're pretty even as to which units better between offense and defense. I, I will note, I've been a little bit surprised this year that Umar Balo has not been a bigger piece of the puzzle. Caleb mm-hmm. Love has sort of taken over and done his own thing and to great results. Like he's been amazing. Kishad Johnson has been awesome. Uh, Pelly Larson, extraordinarily efficient player. But I feel like we're still waiting for Ballo to do Ballo things that we're used to. Like last year, he was their best player, I thought, unless you thought Tabellus was better. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the go and get a bucket guy. He could get fouled at any time. Haven't quite seen that from him this year. So if he takes that next step up, I mean, they. I don't. I think the Pac-12, being what it is, is going to hold them back from being in serious overall one seed contention. But they're trending towards being a one seed for me, which I think is a good thing for them. What would they have to do to get a one seed? <sighs> well, to, just to get a one seed, I think if they only lose like four games in conference play, they'll probably get over the hump. Three to four total feels about. So what right, would that put them at total? So they go 17 five. and three, they're 26 yeah. and five entering the Pac-12 tournament, which I mean, you win the Pac-12 tournament, 29 and five. I think that's a one seed resume, especially considering, you know, you got a neutral win over Michigan State, you beat Duke on the road, you beat Wisconsin by 25, and that win is aging mm-hmm. really well, beat Alabama. And then you'd have the Pac-12 wins to go with where I understand the Pac-12 is not good this year. It's a shame it's ending this way, but Colorado and Utah are both top 25 level teams. If you beat them yeah. a couple of times, that's going to look really good come March as well. But again, I, I think we make fun of the Big Ten a lot, but the Big Ten is probably going to get five or six teams in the field, whereas the Pac-12 might only get three. So I think, think three that's are right now. Uh, Arizona, Colorado, Utah. I, I think the best mm. case after that is maybe Oregon. And mm. even then, I'm not really trusting. I think UCLA is obviously cooked. USC feels cooked. I'm willing to be convinced otherwise, but... Yeah. Um, not really seeing it there. It just seems like they're either done with each other, done with Enfield, or some mix of the two. So I, I think it's a shame for Arizona because they're losing quality wins by the second uh, through no fault of their own. But it does help them that Utah is quite a bit better than everyone thought they'd be. 
it is weird. They're kind of just completely. What's happening here? Has BYU and Utah already played in basketball this year? Yeah, Utah won, but it was Utah. At one. Utah. Okay. So I mean, which that game was awesome, by the way. But they okay. uh, they really turned it around offensively. I've always liked Craig mm-hmm. Smith a lot, especially when he was at Utah State. I thought he was doing some really interesting stuff. But um, very good for them to be awesome. They're turning towards like a five or a six seed. So you got that. That's going to help out Arizona. And I will note this mm-hmm. weekend, one of these games I'm assuming is going to be complete by the time mm-hmm. this uploads. But Arizona plays both Colorado and Utah this weekend. Big test coming up here. If you go 2-0, and both of these games are at home, by the way. You go 2-0, yeah. really darn good start. And like you could win a lot of games in a row because it's not like the remaining schedule is very hot. So, No. Um, weird year for the Pac- The final year of the Pac-12 is the two best teams outside of Arizona is Utah and Colorado. Just not yeah, I- something we've seen ever. What I would also note, it's also especially weird. So I don't know how much you keep up with the women's side of things. The Pac-12 is the best conference in women's basketball this year, and I don't think it's close. Like, they could get like eight, nine teams in the tournament. They are crazy, crazy good at the top. Hmm. And then you have the men's side, and it's like, we have three teams, and nobody else. Like, nobody is wanting to watch Bobby Hurley coach. Nobody wants to watch, sadly, Washington State. They're just all there. But they are undefeated at home. Who is? Washington State. They're 7-0 at home. Because uh, they're playing like the sisters of the poor or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Grambling. So really good Grambling? ones here. Uh, yeah. Portland State. <laughs> UC Riverside. No. Mm-hmm. Did you see... Um, who was Grambling played this week? It was, did you see the team? It was like a small school. It was a bit... The final... um, Biblical Studies school yes. or whatever? Yes. Just... I, I went hunting and... Um, mm-hmm. It does seem to be a real school. It's accredited and all. And yeah. at the same time, I'm not convinced it's not. It's a real school. So I, I say like it's based in Houston, supposedly, but it's got some Bishop Sycamore vibes to it. OK, it, I also show my wife. I don't know if you showed Carly uh, the like seven minutes of um, North Dakota or was it Wyoming and the, no, it was the North Dakota sp- State and yeah, Oak that's right. Hill or something. Yes. Oak Hills. Wait, was it Oak Hill? It wasn't Oak Hill, was it? It, was, it, was not, it wasn't the high school. <laughs> it was some university name. Something yeah. And she was like, "That's this is so mean. Like, it, it upset her. It was so sad they to watch what was happening. Like, go look at the things they believe. <laughs> they deserve it. Oh, well, there you go. Will Warren showed no mercy. No mercy. Um, Biblical spe- studies for women or whatever they're called. Uh, no, wait, no, 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 no. That was McNeese State no. that played the Mississippi University for women. Biblical yeah. studies university is different. It's, I mean, Wait, wild so times. I, I would love for, I don't know if you've ever had him on, but Matt Brown, the extra points guy, mm-hmm. um, might have to hit the DMs. Please investigate how these games happen. Like, how mm-hmm. far down the list do you go before you're calling Biblical Studies University or whatever? Yeah. And I understand, like, buy games for Grambling look a heck of a lot different than buy games for Purdue. Mm-hmm. But, like, you couldn't get a D3 or something to swing through for a few thousand? Mm. So I'm I'm just curious. I would love to know how these games come about. I like it. There you go. Matt Brown. This is another radical idea. Um, Providence got some bad news, unfortunately, this week, losing Bryce Hopkins for the season. Uh, They've been a top 25 team this year. Uh, We obviously are invested as Tennessee fans here in the continued uh, achievement 
of Mr. Uh, English up there in Providence, Rhode Island. But what does this loss of Bryce for the year mean for Providence? I mean, it's huge. I, I I would hear out an argument that he's their best player. I don't know that he's performed like it this year. It's really been Josh Oduro and Devin Carter who've been the top guys. Uh, and ticket gains has been very good for them too, for the record. Mm-hmm. But that's not a deep team. Like, you know, I've referenced Torvik's PRPG stat before, which is more or less just points above replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, like your average power five starter really should be, at, like if you're good at your job, you should be at plus two or better. Hopkins is one of the four players on this roster who is plus two or better. Mm-hmm. That's not good when you have to play five guys at once, uh, yeah. as is the rules in basketball. I don't. So Garwood Duall has been quite underwhelming as a true freshman. He's looked like a true freshman, frankly. The rest of the depth pieces really haven't impressed me. Uh, I'm really worried about this thing going south for them in a hurry, like missing the tournament, because I thought they were going to be not like a lock, but, a, you know, like seven, eight, nine seeds somewhere in there for year one, which would have been great for Kemp. Like that's an awesome first year, especially given that, you know, through two seasons at George Mason, it was just like they weren't bad, but they weren't, you know, they didn't make the tournament or the mm-hmm. NIT really. So to uh, to make the tournament in year one would be great, especially now. But I've got a fear that this has gone from a likely tournament team to like a true 50-50 proposition now. And there's so many games without him that, you know, like how do you prepare for going to play Creighton on Saturday, for example, without sure. this guy? How do you, I, they're lucky in that after Creighton, you do have to play St. John's in the road, but then you get Xavier at home, DePaul on the road, Seton Hall in Georgetown. That That's a good little run up to figure out your answers. Because after that, you still got to play UConn twice more. You got to play Villanova twice. You got to play Creighton again. You got to play Marquette again. So it's going to be really tough, man. If they can find a way to finish above 500 in the Big East, I think they get in. But it is going to be, and I mean, they can though, right? Like, it's not out of the question for them. No, not not out of the question at all. But when you lose a player of that importance, I mean, especially like your number one usage guy, yeah, it just fundamentally changes how you operate as a team. And I know. So, who do you think slides in there? How do you think they? How do you think English handles the rotation now? I I'd have to look a little deeper on who they slide in just as a starter. But in terms of like go-to bucket guys, it's probably going to have to be Carter and Oduro. Oduro Mm. has, like, transferred extremely, or translated, I mean, extremely well from the A-10 level, like, playing like a legit all-Big East player. Carter, it took a while for him to figure it out after leaving South Carolina, but I think he's fully figured it out now. Like, he Mm. looks like a borderline Big East level guard. But the, the line they've been running is actually, like, quite problematic for future purposes for like where do you go from here because the backup power forward is ticket gains Mm. ticket gains is a starter at the three yeah so then what do you do so do you do like ticket who is i mean as fun as he is a delightful player 190 pounds still do you start Mm -hmm. him at the four i don't know that you do unless you're like i mean teams are gonna post him up a lot man i don't feel like that's a great option because at least hopkins was 220 or do you do you like accept that? Do you try and figure out if you can play Oduro and another big together, which doesn't seem ideal? And it's not like their offense was very pretty to watch anyway. It's been a real, real struggle on that end so far. Their defense has been the calling card. So I think defensively they're still going to hold up okay, but it's just you worry they're already bad enough on offense. Like where do you find the points? 
Where do you find the points of Providence? But it's going to be interesting because guess what? The Big East is all jubbled. Outside of DePaul, it's a jubbled, jubbled league. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of back Georgetown and Georgetown is down there, too. Georgetown okay, Georgetown, too. Hot garbage. But yes. that is going to make the DePaul-Georgetown games very exciting. We're going to be the only two tuned in to see the... It, it's like the version yeah, of Northwestern and Vanderbilt playing. That committee. The Sickos committee? Too. Yeah, them people. They're probably going to mm-hmm. be watching, too. Yeah, No one should. Good but some will. Some. That, that should be like the tagline for one of these conferences. Is nobody should, but somebody will. But here's the problem with that. You're a Pistons guy. Like people like mm-hmm. watching stuff like this. Like they should put that on national television. Like if you have the offers and it's like a failable, like, guess what? People are into that. People want to see like who gets out of the gutter. Like if it's compelling television. Well, that's what I think they should. So not gas station TV, but like, yeah, there's all the I remember like articles from like the old dad's pen guys way back in the day mm. where they're like, we'd pay $50 for a pay-per-view of people just cussing up a storm as the announcers instead of like the mm-hmm. PC versions they have to do. Yeah. I would do that, but for alums of these schools. So mm. like, if you had like, well, number one, have Patrick Ewing come back and call Georgetown <laughs> DePaul. That would be electric. I would love mm-hmm. that. Couldn't tell you a DePaul alum off the top of my head, but I'm sure they exist. So just find like some guy in Chicago mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty of people live in Chicago. I'm sure somebody's willing to come in. Hold on. And, uh, Chris do... Douglas Roberts. Was it Chris Douglas Roberts? No, he was a Memphis guy. Memphis. That's right. I, I'm blanking. I was like trying to think of someone from DePaul. Uh... Let's, uh, let's hit the Wikipedia really quick. So we're on athletes and sports figures. They're all like pretty old. You could get Paul Reed, Quentin Richardson. Paul Reed. Yeah, I don't think Paul Reed really. Ooh, Max Struess or Struss, whatever it is. Bobby Simmons was who I was thinking of. Bobby, Bobby Simmons. Simmons. That is who I was thinking of. Ooh, Wilson Chandler actually would be an interesting one. Wilson Chandler think. is sneaky good. He had a long NBA yes. career. Thirteen years, solid. Yeah, solid player. Let's. Uh, there's got to be somebody like yeah. just pull in somebody. Uh, it'd be funnier even if you just had like old mayors of Chicago coming on the mic to. <laughs> crap on the Paul. I think that would be pretty entertaining. Lori Lightfoot coming on uh, looking like the penguin from Batman. That'd be great. I would enjoy it. Make it fun. That's my, like... that's my advertisement. So do that on ESPN. You are like one of the ESPN plus doesn't matter. One of those. Yeah, do it. Um, Will Warren most volatile conference will be which now that conference play is uh underway this weekend what do you think will be the most volatile so you, I, i've got a little small definition for this so volatile to me means two things i'll bounce off of you one mm. there's got to be like a lot of similarly ranked competitive yes. teams like not equal not that equal but like within a good range of each other mm-hmm. and they have to be inconsistent night overnight yes i think the obvious answer here is the sec okay um, because you've got you got alabama up mm-hmm. near up near the top we know very well what like a non-elite Alabama, and I don't think this team is elite, mm-hmm. uh, do when blessed with the curse of a great offense and a bad defense. I mm-hmm. watched these boys lose to six and twenty-five Georgia. Yeah, that's it's possible. Anything is possible with these guys. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see them lose to Vandy on set. I mean, I would. It'd be unbelievable. But like, is it not that unrealistic to see them like? losing at home to Missouri, then going on the road and beating Tennessee. No, no. that's like well within the realm of possibilities. So you got them, you got Auburn who somehow, some way still has Katie Johnson on the roster. 
That's an mm-hmm. agent of chaos. They're always going to be scary. Kentucky's crazy young. Tennessee always prone to go into scoring drought at some point. AM is an interesting one. Mississippi State's defense is really good. Florida is always frisky. And then you got all these other teams like Arkansas is really bad in non-con, but it's Arkansas. Everybody knows mm-hmm. like, they're going to be threatening at some point. I mean, Missouri has a couple of interesting dudes. South Carolina's overperformed. You have Ole Miss, who's undefeated. Everybody here, pretty much outside of like LSU and Vandy, is capable of something on the right night. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at that, and you've got like just as of now six SEC teams in the Ken Palm top thirty, but nobody in the top five. That to yeah. me means like that's a conference that's going to have a lot of weird results, like. Who do you think's the safest from weird results? I think it's Tennessee, actually. I, I, I agree, it's Tennessee because best defense number one, which yeah. travels. I, I do think more so than anything else, defense does travel pretty well in college sports, mm. and it's stable. It's not a three point thing like it was last year. Mm. They're tenth and two point percentage allowed, protecting the boards pretty well, forcing turnovers, the whole nine yards, whatever. Also held up pretty well against good competition, I would say, outside of the one game that everybody yeah. knows about. Um, but like. Offensively, the droughts are shorter. They're not as bad. <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> they're they're not eliminated, but they're short. Like I said, they've gone from six minutes to four. That's mm-hmm. a step in the right direction. Yeah, but yeah, I think they're the thing with Tennessee that happens pretty much every year is they're the least vulnerable to like the horrible loss, but probably the most yeah. vulnerable to not overachieving pregame expectations. Yeah, like they are. I wouldn't say it's set in stone, but like. Probably going to lose at Rupp, probably going to lose at Alabama. But you can look at them and say, well, those guys aren't going to lose at home to South Carolina. Those guys yeah. aren't going to lose to Missouri. So I, I feel like they I mean, are... we're, we're in the Mark Rick there. I've said forever. Barnes is yeah. our Mark Rick. Like, and, and Mark he's going to go 10 and 2. Stuff. The man's yeah. going to be, it's, it's stable. Like, You're it's not going New anywhere. Six with them. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm just it not worried just about it. You might be the and you might have 50 opt outs, but you're making the New Year <laughs> Six with Rick Barnes. But no, I, I look yeah. at that and it's just like the variance there is so high night overnight mm-hmm. where like legitimately 13 of these 14 teams, and maybe Vandy like turns around, uh, I doubt it. 13 of these 14 teams, like any of them could win on the right night. And there's no sort of Damocles hanging up at the top of the conference ready to kill everybody. Like yeah. everybody's got flaws, everybody's vulnerable, and everybody's lost a few games, which I also think is important. I don't disagree, Will Warren. Um, final thing before our stat uh, that's caught your eye this week, sir. Bart Torvik, don't lie. I think this is a fun, and we could do Kim Pom, don't lie, depending on uh, your week, because you, you like them both. We we like them both. We check them both out You're each and every day. But um, Bart Torvik, don't lie, sir. Florida State, when you look at their Bart Torvik stats, is it accurate based on what you've seen from the Seminoles this season? Yeah, they're bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure what, so there's like some weird hype. And I think this is just out of respect for Leonard Hamilton, that he couldn't mm-hmm. be this bad three years in a row, which I don't disagree. Like I kind of thought they would be okay. Like not great, but like 11th best in the ACC. They may still get mm-hmm. there. Cause again, the ACC has got some depth issues as it always does, but pretty much the only thing they do well is like force turnovers. Otherwise there's not much going on. I mean, they foul a ton. I don't think any of the young guys really come along. Like, I, I feel like we had all that Baba Miller hype for nothing. Like, mm. he's okay, but I mean, 
this is a guy who's not even cracking 100 offensive rating on pretty low usage and not a very good shooter either, despite what I was told. Uh, no go-to guy. Like, Jameer Watkins is all right. He's not bad. But, like, again, you look at this roster, and they're, them beating Colorado is great, obviously. Mm. But it came on a day where Colorado shot 20% from three. And I know that's going to happen again if you played that game nine more times. Uh, they're going to variance their way into an upset here or there. Like, you might see them, I don't know, pull off a shocker over Duke or something, or they might be Clemson. But this just it's not looking good for Leonard. I think we're on a real retirement watch here. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that comes to fruition. I mean, like, this is another thing that we're so early in the season. We're like, yeah, maybe you could turn it around. Maybe they... I don't know, get to 500 in ACC play. That wouldn't be bad. That's an NIT bit, 16 and 15. You're going to be in the NIT, especially mm. with the relaxed rules. So, um, but like I, I look at them, I don't see much in a positive direction going. And it just kind of feels like it's time. And I think the reason why he stuck around and the reason why people maybe bought in a little bit this year was whenever this happens for a coach, you're always thinking like, he wants to go out on a good note. He wants to mm. have like his moment in the sun. You don't have to have a retirement tour or whatever, but you don't want to go out like at seven and 13 in your conference, but that might just have to be what happens. And like, he's not getting any younger. If I'm mis- not mistaken, now that Cliff Ellis is retiring, he's going to be the oldest coach still active at 75. And let us be clear. I, all of us would hope to age as well as Leonard Hamilton. Has yeah. Aged. He looks the same. He did 25 years ago. Which is amazing. The man is 75 and looks incredible. Like, Leonard Hamilton is an all-time great age guy. Like, just yes. good for him. I don't know what his secret is or what if he's ever talked about it, but the man, he ages extremely well. But it's also just weird because they've had so many NBA guys. He's recruited well. He's, like, they play good defense. Like, they, they all work out, generally speaking, in the, NF, in the NBA. Like, mm-hmm. it's just really weird that Florida State's just completely fallen off a cliff the last three years under Leonard Hamilton. I don't know. Yeah, and, that, and that they just haven't had like seemingly anybody come in and fix it. Cause they, like you right. said, they've had good recruits. Like Scotty Barnes is the one in the last good FSU team, I believe. Yeah. But like even before that, like, or more recently, Matthew Cleveland, now at Miami, yep. very good player. Jalen Worley came in very hyped. Miller came in very hyped. Even this year, I mean, you've got like Chate Green and several other guys who are borderline top 100 recruits. Yep. You, it just shouldn't be this bad. And, you you don't want to assume, obviously, but you wonder is like, has the system gotten stale? Have are people not buying in because they kind of know the end game here? Are you struggling yeah. to recruit because people kind of know the end game here? It's all sort of coming to a head in an unfortunate way. Well, you also kind of want to get out of here because you have a good career win percentage here, Leonard. Like four hundred thirty three, yeah. two seventy one all time. Like, don't keep gobbling up these losses, man. Yeah, you don't want to keep losing because obviously it affects that, but. It also affects how fans remember your legacy, which is yeah. you know not insignificant, I would say. I mean, this you, is you the don't... worst era of Florida State basketball. He's and he's been here for basically all of the 21st century. Like yeah. this is it. Like this is the worst. Actually, if you look through it, he is on pace for the worst three-year run. I mean, ever. Like because the first three years he was 14 and 15, 19 and 14, and 12 and 19. I think mm-hmm. this this run here is going to be worse. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. And then it's like, a, I don't know who you turn to, because I feel like the assumption for a long time was it was just whoever the next assistant was. or Yeah, like whoever but came there's off not an the, obvious answer there. 
No, and let me look at Is that a good job? Do we know? Yeah, I think that's a good job. It's not bad in okay. IL. You're going to have um, a lot of people in your corner historically, like NBA-wise, a lot of famous alumni. FSU is not a poor school by any means. So you're going to have a lot of options there. <laughs> Ugh, this is not a good list, but let me tell you one that is intriguing on here. I don't mm -hmm. think they would get him for obvious reasons, but Dennis Gates is a uh, Leonard Hamilton longtime assistant. I don't, I mean, is that a better job than Mizzou? That's the question. I don't know that it is. The other mm -hmm. famous name in terms of like current head coaches here that is like gettable is not one I would go get. It's Andy Enfield at USC. At that point, you could just kind of like just go outside the coaching tree. You know, there is one here that's already in state. Uh, well, yeah, Dusty may, but like, I mean, I look at Dusty and it's just kind of like, you should be able to do better than that. Like, as, but that's not bad. Like he's not bad, but I was, talking, I was talking to our guy, Trilly Donovan mm. and cause it doesn't seem like Louisville is going to be an option, not for anything Louisville's doing, but because they got a couple higher priority candidates in mind. Uh, West Virginia might happen, but it seems like that actually looks like a Steve Forbes job to lose apparently. So then it's like Florida state mm. or possibly UCF for Dusty. And I'm just like, are those good enough? I or you might as well just stay at FAU, State, but then you UCF, no. I would not say yes to UCF. Because I, I don't no, think I wouldn't have, either. It'd be weird. I mean, they're rivals. That's strange anyway. So it's not yeah. really a step up. Just stay at FAU. If you're thinking about UCF, I understand Big Twelve resources versus um AAC, but still, I don't know. I that's not yeah. enough for me. Florida State I would get though. I would get him yeah, taking Florida that State's job. understandable now that I think about it, but not UCF. No. Uh, final thing here as we wrap up um, tonight, Will Warren. Stats that have caught your eye over the last week. What is your stat of the week here, sir? I had a good one, and it's just because I've been thinking uh, long-term about this. Uh, let me find the official number here. There it is. Um, so top 15 teams. We, we've looked at this in the past of, like, how are they doing on the road against unranked competition? It's kind of helped us mm -hmm. see, like, when crazy seasons are in store. So, for example, like, the two worst years prior to last year were 2013 and 2016. You know, that those two years, you get a nine and a 10 seed in the final four. Like, weird mm -hmm. stuff happens. You uh, also had a non-one seed win it in 2016. Last year, second worst record on record for top 15 teams on the road against Sunray competition. They still mm -hmm. won 60% of their games. And again, it's early in the season. But I would like for you to guess the top 15 teams on the road winning percentage so far against unranked competition. Uh, let's go 96%. You're way off. <laughs> it against is, unranked? It's 46%. What? I know. I couldn't believe it either when I saw it, but it is true. 46%. Of and top 15 teams right now, just unranked games on the road right now? Yeah. So, I mean, and some of them people are going to remember, like Purdue losing to Northwestern. But there's yeah. some others here, and I'm going to pull up the list for you. That's wild. I, I know. I would. I was a little shocked when I saw it, admittedly. But then when I read through it, I was like, you know what? I do remember these games. So, here you go. Arizona loses at Stanford. FAU, yeah. Florida Gulf Coast. These are all the losses. UConn yeah. at Seton Hall. Marquette at Providence. Clemson at Memphis, which I honestly forgot happened. Mm -hmm. Creighton at UNLV, BYU at Utah, Gonzaga at Washington, which Gonzaga being top seven is pretty funny in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Marquette at Wisconsin. People forgot about that one. 
And then you got some other, you got Purdue, obviously, but you had Duke losing at Arkansas, AM getting blown out at Virginia. Like it's been a weird year so far and kind of an underrated one because people see Purdue at the top of the poll and you're kind of like, oh, well, this is what I thought was going to happen anyway. You see Kansas two, Houston three, nothing really shocking, but it is weird when you think about it to like look at the top of, of the AP poll on January 1st, mind you, not like February. And you got a three loss team, number five, three losses at number seven and number eight, you got a four loss team ranked. This is another year where it's looking pretty topsy-turvy in college basketball. And I do not recommend playing on the road if you have the choice to not play on the road. Which there nobody does. No, <laughs> nobody does. Um, well, Warren, what can the good folks check out from you over at statsbywill.substack.com this week? Well, the great news for them and for all loyal readers, listeners, whatnot, uh, if you like conference previews, I know you do. You're a big fan of conference previews. Mm -hmm. Say you know a guy. He's like, I like the Big 12. And you're like, that's the best conference in college basketball. Let me link you to a site. You mm -hmm. should link them to statsbywill.substack.com. We're a 10,000-word piece previewing conference play for all 32 conferences. This includes my picks for conference regular season winner, how many mm -hmm. teams from each uh, conference are going to make the NCAA tournament, uh, the most important game for each conference. And then what do I think will happen in the conference tournament down the road? Because some of those one-bid conferences, like the number one seed usually doesn't win it. I always think of the MAC in this regard. Um, that's going to be up for Friday, January 5th, which is exciting. Got a Tennessee piece coming for their game against Ole Miss, which has uh, surprisingly become quite relevant <laughs> and anticipate 13-0 mm -hmm. Ole Miss. Uh, and then got more pieces the Vanderbilt problem series is restarting. Um, and then just like I did around the midpoint of January last year, next week, we're probably going to take our first look at how the field so far matches up to previous years. Not like doing them seeding wise, but just top 50 Ken Palm. How does this look not just versus 2023, but versus the last 25 years where we've got data for that? So that's what we got. I, like I think we got some good stuff. I like it. That's my will. .substack.com. Subscribe today if you've never done so. It's what you got to check out during the heart of college basketball season conference play, which is going to be a lot of fun uh, starting this weekend in full force. Will Warren, always a pleasure, my friend. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for having me on. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.